Well, it's bracketology time on NHSportsPage.com. Jessica oh, Isaac, yeah. Dave Haley, and joining us live from Newport is the head coach of the Kearsarge Cougars, Nate Camp. How you doing, Camper? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Right, and uh, Dave, we have a very special sponsor for this uh, podcast, right? They, they paid us in grinders. Can I get a turkey uh, with onions, American cheese? Uh, are we doing this now? Coronas Market, they, they took good care of us. Spencer Coronas' parents own Coronas Market. So we said, you know what? They've been so good to us in the past. Why don't they just sponsor today's podcast? So there you go. There's your live read. So you're over there, Coronas, right now? That's like an institution over there in Newport, right? It is. They always take care of us. And uh, yeah, I'm sitting here. Next to Spencer Cronus, uh, assistant coach, and we've been doing some brackets um, and just trying to yeah get this thing situated for you guys. Okay, all right. So let's go through the first thing. Is how many teams make the tournament in Division Two this year? All right. So the uh, the seventy percent rule is uh, fifteen schools. Fifteen schools. Okay. So the first the top overall seed is going to get a bye into the quarterfinals. Um, just like uh, Justin Mike Guilford Golden Eagles did. They're the number one seed in Division Three. Justin. Yeah, we don't talk about the lower divisions here on this show. Oh! <laughs> yes, we do on N8 Sports Face. We they, love if, them all. If they had, if they had any, uh, any gumption to be playing Camper in Division Two, let's be honest. Yeah, Camper's coming to them, unfortunately, for <laughs> D3. Uh, Camper, before we get going, tell, um, I went out and covered you guys a few weeks ago. Uh, Allison and I had a blast out there. And you had a big come-from-behind win over Oyster River. You guys were the Cinderella story last year, going all the way to the championship. Tell, uh, tell us about this year's team. A lot of, lot of good kids back from last year's uh, run that we had. I mean, that was kind of a magical, you know, way to end the season, you know, just overachieving a little bit. And anytime you, you, you go on the road and do what we were able to do, it's, it's special and it's valuable because a lot of those kids – that are back know how to win in close games. I mean, you saw the Oyster River game where they were winning most of that game, uh, probably 30 minutes of it, and we found a way in the fourth quarter to make some plays defensively that led to some runouts and some scores. So um, I, I say we had a similar game against John Stark earlier this week where we were down six late and forced overtime with some clutch free throws and some plays. So the guys know how to play under pressure, and that's what matters in March. You know, they got to – rise up under the pressure and uh, and harness it and not be, not be afraid of it. So I uh, like these kids a lot. It helps a lot to have a, a point guard who's been there before. Ben Carl really, I think, kind of emerged last year during the tournament where I honestly didn't know much about Ben Carl late in February, but I knew a whole lot about him by mid-March. I mean, it helps a lot, right? With with you got a group back, uh, kids that, like you said, were on the floor, but having a, a point guard who's played on the big floor at UNH, two games at UNH, that's got a, you know, that's a good starting point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to have a floor general and someone that can handle that pressure a little bit, find find people in the right spots on the court so that they can be successful, and uh, he, he does a good job with that. Plus, he's really feisty and scrappy, and he, he has something that he wants to prove. And, um, yeah, it it's definitely makes a big difference for sure. And, and the guard play across the state has been phenomenal in Division Two. So um, whoever we match up with, it's going to be tough because there's, there's good guard play at every every school uh, this late in the season. So um, just certainly something that uh, we take pride in with, with our guards. Okay, so let's um, let's do it. This is uh, this is like the beginning of the show where Greg Gumbel or John Saunders used to stand there and like talk for 10 minutes and stuff, and I'm like, where is Boston College ranked? Where's Notre Dame? That's all I cared about and stuff like that. So we'll get to uh, the rankings of these teams. Uh, Kirasaj is in, as usual. Um, but um, McIsaac, how do you want to do this? 
Uh, well, let's let uh, well, well the, the brackets got released about a minute before we started recording, so let's. So let, we'll let, we'll release this today, so we'll let people listen yeah. to it. So they'll be listening to it today. Okay, so uh, so Cam- Camper, run down what you had because I think there might have been uh, one discrepancy that you had uh, between what the NHIAA released. And sometimes these brackets get released and there's corrections. So who knows what's gonna you know by the time this gets posted, who knows what we'll see on the NHIAA website. But Camper, run through it starting at the top with uh, we know who the one seed is certainly. Yeah, so the one seed that will be getting a buy is going to be Conval. Um, there was there was a tie between uh, Conval and Bow in the sense that they were both seventeen and one. Uh, but when you go to the TTR uh, tournament team rate rankings, um, the percentage uh, of tournament teams Conval had ten. They were ten and ten for eleven. Uh, Bow was obviously eight for nine. Uh, so the percentage is in Conval's favor. They're the one seed. Okay. And a very good, T- and a very good one. Season. TTR is that like RPI busting out different terms? Yeah. And by the way, both those teams lost to Hanover. Yeah, which is kind of weird, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's some very good teams at the top, but literally one through ten. I mean, they're all. I mean, they're outstanding teams here. So I, I think what we've, oh, I think what we found out, Camper, in the last two weeks is that this division is a lot deeper than we thought it was a month ago. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, there are some scary teams. I look at a team like Milford, which we'll get to um, in, in a little bit. You know, West, uh, even Kennett. Um, you're, you're looking at potentially Hanover as a six seed. I thought they were one of the best teams in the division. So a Hollis Brookline is is dangerous. They're all at this point like very tough. Um, Pelham is no slouch. They're just and Bo from start to finish has been, I think, one of the the tougher teams that could easily, because they've got size and guard play, <laughs> they could win it. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's really about matchups at this point. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep going. Who's who's yeah. the three seed? Oh, well, well, why don't we what? do it like this? You want to go down the bracket? So uh, instead of, instead of one sure. through uh, instead of one through sixteen, go like who Convalid would face or how you want to do it? Let's do let's do the rankings. Okay. Uh, I want to do it one, one through, through 15. one through fifteen. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got uh, obviously Convalid one. Always Bo will be the two seed. Um, then there was the log jam from three through six, where we had four schools that were fifteen and three, and that that was in large part due to the fact that uh, Lebanon went on the road and beat Hanover last night. Yep. Um, so Pelham finished fifteen and three, Hollis was fifteen and three, Hanover fifteen and three, and Lebanon fifteen and three. Um, after doing the, we did a number of breakdowns and the tiebreakers as we saw it. Um, Spencer and I went through this, uh, and my other assistant coach, Greg, um, looks like Hollis had 11 tournament team victories out of 14 that they played. So they played 14 schools wow. that made the tournament. All right, um, That's a tough schedule. And they, <laughs> right, it's a tough schedule, exactly. So in no particular order, I'm just doing these. these. And then uh, Hanover had nine victories of the 12 tournament teams that they played. Uh, which was for 75%. Lebanon was 9 for 12, also at 75%. And Pelham was 10 for 12 at 83%. Um, so having said that, Pelham would get the three seed because of the percentage. Um, so at 15 and 3, Pelham would be the three. Pelham, okay. Um, and then the four seed would be... Um, Hollis Brookline again because of the the, the percentage seventy nine percent eleven out of fourteen. Yep. Um, 
That's four. The, the five and six, this is where it had to go out to, in my opinion, the four, the fourth tiebreaker. Um, and Spencer and I were talking about this. So Hanover and Lev were both nine for 12 at 75%. Um, and the way I read it on the NHI sports page, uh, NHI website, is you go to road victories. Um, Leb had eight road victories. Hanover had seven. So we had Leb five and then Hanover six. But, but it looks like the NHIA is going to go with Hanover five, Leb six. Is it now? Now the only thing I can think of, Camper, is is once you get the other two teams out of there, and it comes down to those two, and they're tied for percentage does it then reset and go to head to head is that what they were thinking they want they one on one against each other oh, they one-on-one? okay yeah. so it wouldn't be that we we yeah and we thought the same thing it does it so it does reset once you once you break the tie like the the yeah you break the tie for 3 you break the tie for 4 um but then Hanover and Lev, if they only played once it'd be easy but right. they played twice and they and they split so i don't know i actually i called coach Maddie, but but i um he was he was busy so he didn't pick up but uh he 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 thought he was going to be five. I just didn't know the tiebreaker that got him to five. So, hmm. uh, uh, you know, sorry, he thought he was going to be six, and Hanover was going to be five. And I just we're we're just still trying to figure out that yeah. that that's the only one. So, so so let me get this straight. So so Keith Matty has caused everybody in Division Two a giant headache. Not for the first time. No, as as you if you'll recall, <laughs> as you. So the to yeah. be to be clear, as of us taping this, the NHIAA has Hanover as the five, Lebanon as the six. Correct. Okay. Correct. So we'll we'll right. see and how that so, plays yeah. out. But okay. So who uh, yeah. who is again it? again think think of those two teams. I mean, the five and six. Those two teams I think were picked. I think preseason like one and two or three and four. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's they're, they're very good. So bad. Um, but we'll go with. The seventh seed is uh, Kennett at twelve and six. Okay. Um, no, they had no tiebreakers there, so they're set at seven. And same with West Manchester West at eight, with being eleven and seven. And then the nine seed is all by itself Oyster River at ten and eight. That's an interesting first round game. Yeah, that that'd be a good one. West is the t- we'll get to it, but West is the team nobody wants to play. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't I, think Conval's going to be excited be about West. Yeah, that's a tough one. Anyway, we'll 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 keep going. But sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, turn things over right now to Mr. Coronas here, Spencer. <laughs> go ahead with uh, we are on number ten. What's going on, fellas? Hey, buddy. Uh, so at ten, what we have is uh, Salhegan, uh there was a three-way tie, obviously, with Milford and us. Um, so you go to the head-to-head because we all played each other once. Uh, Sohegan went 2-0, and so they'll get the nod at 10. Okay. Um, at 11 is Milford. Uh, again, head-to-head, they went 1-1. One and one. And then at 12 will, will be Kearsarge at 9-9, nine and, nine, and we went 0-2 uh, against the other two teams. Okay. Um, at bl- thirteen, I, Spencer, I blame head yep, coaching. Right. I, I blame head coaching for that zero and two. By the way, tell yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's not I, listening. I, you can tell us. I, I, de- I definitely will blame Camp for both of those. Okay, um, good. I, I had nothing to do at all. Absolutely, all no assistant. No assistant coaches ever no, lost no assist- a game. Yep, as they listen, said. Remember the he fired, he fired his assistant coaches for those two games. That's, That's all right. I know. That's right. Pull the, pull the, we, we call that pulling a, a Sean, Sean Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, yeah, it's pulling a yeah. Sean Murphy. Yes, we were nowhere to be seen. All right, so at 13, 13 yeah. uh, we got Laconia all by itself at uh, 8 and 10. 
And then uh, to round out 14 and 15, we got 14 uh, with Sanborn. They actually beat Kingswood uh, in the head-to-head. And then Kingswood would round it out at uh, 15. So Jennifer Chick, Ruth Cole, uh, Brown, Bears are out. My goodness. Yes, they That's were. Good. first time they in a long would time. Have been, I think they would have been 16, and they were like 5 and 12 or 5 and 13, somewhere around there. Yeah. So. So, 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 so to recap, uh, and we'll do the D one uh, tomorrow, I think, with Jay McKenna. But we can, I can tell you assuredly that uh, both Jen's boys team and my boys team are out, and mine's number one. Yeah, wow, what a horrible year for you guys. It's it's awful. Wow, what a. I mean, for America, game. really, let's really be for America. <laughs> there are no winners. All right, so let's go through. Do you want to go through the matchups, Bud? Yeah, I'll okay, okay, catch right here. Here you. Okay, man, making the hot tag. Hey guys, quick tag team reference. Hey camper, just between mm-hmm. hey, just between us, um, and we'll edit this out. But you should fire Spencer Cronus because he was <laughs> he was blaming you. I just want to tell you, we'll, we'll take this out. McIsaac, edit this out later. But he was when you weren't on the phone. I, I just want to let you know, buddy. I will not. Edit I always have the coaches back. There you go. All right, so camper, <laughs> so camper, Conval's got a. <laughs> I did, we, we do too. Uh, so Conval's got a first round bye. Let's go through um, the matchups as we have yep. them with. Let's just go with what the NHL has now. Could Lebanon Hanover could be subject to change, but could let's change, go yeah. through it. Yeah. All right, so obviously Carmel will have to buy. Um, and the 8-9 the matchup with, with West and Oyster River, that's going to be, uh, again, a very good game. They're both dangerous. West especially, to me, um, they could, they've got a lot of pieces. So that, that team's going to be some team to watch. Um, and obviously Oyster River, uh, they're going to be hungry to get back in the tournament and, and uh, do some damage. Um, then, obviously, the the Hollis Brookline is going to be the four seed versus the thirteen seed Laconia. Um, I just think Hollis is, is too big and physical. Um, they could certainly uh, be a team to go, you know, all the way to UNH and, and again uh, and, and win it. Um, they've got good guard play, good inside play. Um, the five twelve game. Uh, which is obviously at, at the moment it's right. Hanover versus Kearsarge. So uh, if that stays put, um, again Hanover, uh, from what we've seen with Hanover, they can absolutely shoot the lights out. And then uh, other times they just, if they're not hitting shots, they're beatable. So um, we're going to have our hands full with them. But defensively, we're just going to have to, you know, make adjustments and, and uh, hope that they're not on and, their game shooting. And that's a coaching mismatch. Let's be honest. I mean, Kearsarge was really hamstrung by their head coach in that game. I mean, I don't want to tell tales out of school. <laughs> no, he, he's on the phone with us, dude. Oh, he, oh shoot. Okay, I'll edit that yeah. out, too. I'm sorry. That's who we're talking to. Uh, oh, he thought we were talking to Tim Winslow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Coach Winslow's won a couple titles, so yeah. uh, I, I would tip it to him in that game. So, yeah. uh, you won one yourself, buddy. So, all right, so that's good stuff. we got championships all over in that matchup. Um, and then we got Lebanon is the next one, right? Uh, yeah, so then it would be um, I've got here uh, Lebanon 6 versus Milford 11. Um, again, Lebanon just, I mean, they played very well from what I've been told last night against Hanover. Great defense. Um, I think they held Hanover to maybe 11 points at the half. That's crazy. So uh, they must have done something right. Uh, so defensively, I think that they can walk down. Milford, though, Milford's a dark horse. Man. Yeah. At, a, at the 11 seed, they they got great guard play, and, and their one big that they have is very effective. Um, I thought that their team, that when we played them, they could – they could be, um, 
you know, some a sleeper that nobody wants to play. I was texting with Dan Murray a couple weeks ago, and he's like, well, we're starting to come together. You know, we're starting to come together. There's another coach who won two championships, and he he, he likes this group a lot at Milford. And I think I think that is a uh, – that's kind of like that NCAA tournament, you know, 5-12 game, 6-11 game, where, you know, that's a pretty good team in that 11 or 12 spot. Milford is absolutely a, a good basketball team to be, you know, a double-digit uh, double seed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and from what uh, – Dan said to me when we played him, in his years, and he's had some great teams, he said that this team might be the best from a chemistry standpoint. Like, they just yeah. all click, and they get along, and as you know, in March, that that's paramount. Gavin Erta. So, we um, covered Gavin Erta in football. He, that kid's a winner. Like, he's just a great athlete. Comes mm-hmm. from a great family. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, also, on that side of the bracket, we'd have uh, the seven-seed Kennett is going to be hosting Sauhegan. Um, I've seen I've seen Ken on film. Um, I've obviously played Sauhegan. Kenneth's got some shooters, and, they, and they're scra- a scrappy bunch. Sauhegan's a team, though, with McCool. Yeah. If the other supporting players step up, that team can be very dangerous. Yeah, Peter Pierce does uh, a great job over there, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, obviously, uh, on that side of the bracket, too, would be the three-seed Pelham Pythons um, against 14-seed Sanborn. Um, Sanborn, I've seen some scores where they've been, you know, no, Definitely I, taking some teams by surprise. Um, Pelham's going to be tough at home uh, in the playoffs. I think that they're they're very good, coached by Larson. He he does a great job. So um, that I think that rounds out the bracket. I think it is it. Wait, hold on. Fifteen, fifteen would be Bo and Kingswood, Sanborn, Pelham. Okay, so it's Hollis, Brookline, Laconia. Is that what we're talking about in that one? Yeah, it'd be Hollis, Brookline, Laconia. Yep. They played kind of a close yep. game recently. I mean, I, I think Hollis, Brookline beat them by like eight. It wasn't, they, they didn't blow them out. Because Pelham beat right. Laconia twice by like 45 points each time. So Steve McDonough's right. got to be uh, wiping his brow. Happy he doesn't have to see Pelham again. That's a tough, that's a tough pregame speech. Guys, I know we lost these guys by a combined 85 points in two games. That doesn't matter now. Laconia, Laconia right. lost at Hollis, Brookline by three on the 25th. Yeah. That that could yeah. be Steve. Uh, Steve could do uh, could have an interesting matchup there. So it let's could. go. So let's go through. We'll start with you, Justin. Then we'll go to me. But what are your initial? I have some initial thoughts. What are your initial thoughts of the matchups in the bracket? Um, or do you want well, me? To, you want me to go first? Uh, no, I was just taking a, a, a last peek. So Sp- Spalding's not in there. You can uh, you can look all day long. Where yeah. are they? The other uh, one I met, the other one I forgot, fellas, was was Bo two yeah. versus Kingswood. Bo, Bo is a team. I think they could win it. I mean, they just they're they're tailor made. I think well, Frank's going to. I have some thoughts on. I have some thoughts on Bo, but we'll go to McIsaac first. Isn't that kind yeah, of a yeah. like like? Listen, I think Bo's going to get to the final four, but isn't that kind of a little bit of a scary first round matchup because Kingswood could score? <laughs> or they don't know. No. They don't play. Yeah. They don't play a ton of defense, though. You know what I mean? Well, you get a track meet. I don't know. No, listen, Dan plays it's a great job. I'm not taking anything from Kingswood. But anyway, you go ahead. You go first. I'll go second. Go ahead. Uh, well, depending on how the Lebanon-Hanover stuff shakes out, that's going to be interesting to see. But the uh, the West Oyster River game I think will be fun. Uh, never going to be, uh, bet against my boy Joe Morrell. Uh, it's The Hollisbrook-Laconia game is fun because it was such a close yeah. regular season matchup. Uh, Nate Camp is guaranteed off the air. He's going to beat Hanover by 40. So that, yeah. that was an interesting prediction. Yeah, I couldn't believe you said it. Yeah, it was wild. Um, we're, not, we're not on the air, right? Uh <laughs> Let's see. Kenneth Sauhegan's the one that kind of is the most interesting to me, right? Yeah. So my initial thoughts are Bo's path to UNH seems the easiest of the top seeds. And I don't I don't want to, you know, 
Bo, yeah. Bo's got uh, a Kingswood team that I believe they're going to beat at home. Uh, they're going to have a packed house over there. Kingswood's had a very good season. They're a fun team. By the way, Kingswood's going to be in the uh, Seacoast tournament. Dan Place putting a team together. Oh, nice. A bunch of different players, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, Dan, and Dan, I want to shout out to Dan Place, who's uh, head coach at Kingswood. He's a gold-level member this year and supporting us, and it's been great getting all the Kingswood stats and getting, you know, they've got two kids, in the, I believe, in the top ten in scoring. Brogan Shannon has had a great year for them, so I love cool. it when new teams, you know, uh, join and kind of like are uh, a part of the mix and, and the statistics and all that. And then they would play the winner of Kennett and Oyster, excuse me, Kennett and uh, Sauhegan. Sauhegan. And Sauhegan, I think, could really give them an interesting game. I think Sauhegan's going to beat Kennett. Uh, I'm, I'm ride or die with Matt McCool. And, um, I, but I, I think Bo has the easiest path. I'll tell you who has the scary path is Conval because I think Manchester yeah. West is terrifying. Can you speak to that, Camper? Yeah, I mean, when we played him, I, I, I spoke to uh, you know, several coaches leading up to the game and just how dangerous the young, you know, young Tang the number two player, yeah. Is. Oh my God, yeah. Tang, yep. And then they have a sniper, number four, number four, the, the shooting guard. He just knocked knocked down threes from anywhere. I think he had leading up to our game, he had seven or eight against Hanover. He had six against somebody else. Like he can he can stroke it. They've got a big hit down low. Um, and when they're hitting shots, they're they're as good as anybody in the division. Yeah, I, it's a bummer. I, I reached out to Justin Gorham a couple. I I used to talk to Justin when he was the head coach at Goffstown. I've been trying to get stats for. West all year long, but I just I hadn't heard back from Justin. Maybe I have the wrong number. You just pop in there on the way home. Cause I, right might, I was swear to God, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Um, but anyway, so so going going through this, um, making my, just me just kind of going ahead. You know, Con, I, I like Conval to be by big time in that. Leo Gershkoin. I, I will say this: Leo Gershkoin is, is already yelling at his kids that they can't take by lightly. No, you, like, you got to d up against them. Like <laughs> they're legally obligated not to show up, but you never know, kids. Let's be ready. Get your jerseys, Mather. Get that jersey on. So then, I, I like Bo to end up playing Sauhegan, just doing my picks in the second round. You'd have Pelham playing either. For, as of today, it'd be Pelham Lebanon. Um, Natty don't want any of the pythons. They just really? beat him. Lebanon just beat him on a Saturday. That I game though, don't want him. <laughs> that game would. I was listening to our podcast yesterday. It's like we cannot do it without Matt Regan. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Matt Regan is so happy right now. Oh god. He, he, no, he, he he was rooting for McIsaac to jump off a bridge last week. Yeah, yeah, so was, I don't know. It was a little aggressive. Yeah, things are a little things are a little uh, iffy over here in that relationship. So Pelham uh, right now would be playing Lebanon at home, which would. I don't like to announce already what game we're going to be covering, but I can't imagine we're not covering that game. And then you got Hollis Brookline at home against, you know, what would be Hanover. Um, as of now, maybe Lebanon, but right now we got Hollis Brookline Hanover. And of course, Hollis Brookline gave them their first loss two weeks ago on that same floor. So, boy, oh boy, boy. I'm telling you, I could see West beating Conval. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to, but I could absolutely see West being the team that comes out. You're assuming Camper doesn't go on another Cinderella run here, huh? I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I, I picked I picked Kearsaws to lose in the first round of Sauhegan last year, and look what happened. So, uh, Camp- no, I appreciate that. Pick pick that again, please. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm helping I'm helping my friend. I'm not hurting him. Um, right, right. But what you know? Let's talk about the division as a whole and the playoff picture as you see it, Camper. It's just like I said. I, I was what was so interesting. I thought I wrote about it a few times. Is that like the top teams? Conval, Bo, Palm, Hallsbrook, Lebanon, Hanover, 
all played each other like in the last two weeks. Like it was like a frazz. It was like a weird. It was like a, one of those schedules where they 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 flexed games to the end of the season. Is that what the Big Twelve is doing? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was crazy, like how all these teams were playing each other at the very end. Um, and I think what we learned is that it was deeper than we thought. Everyone kind of beat each other up instead of like three teams just going to the top. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I mean, um, we I, we were counting it last night. I think we ended up playing uh, seven of the top ten, and yeah. at any point, uh, these guys, there's teams that on any given night. Again, it's matchup based, so uh, they're every coach in Division Two. They're they're great coaches, um, so they're going to find matchups and exploit that. Uh, they're going to try to mix things up defensively. So you better have Plan B. You better have Plan C. Um, and I think I think that will what will come down to ultimately is the the all state kids are going to make plays, um, and then the defense. I mean, if the defense if the defenses can hold teams that might normally score sixty or seventy points, can, can they hold them in the forties? Right. And then the teams that that are used to scoring that real high, can can they win games in the forties? Because they're not used to it. I mean, there's some teams that haven't really been tested this season. Right. You know, just based off the. Or maybe they've only tested one game out of 18 or two games out of 18. And I think that's something that would make me nervous if I was Leo Gerskorn, as I would say – my my schedule did because I know Leo. We know Leo. He'll play anybody anywhere. If he thought Brad oh, yeah, Stevens yeah. would show up at a gym, he'd he'd try to convince his kid they could beat the Celtics. He loved. Leo was so happy when I told him he was playing Exeter in the Jamboree. He's like, "That's what I want. I want to play the best." And they competed. By the way, they lost oh, by yeah. like nine points. They were right there with right. Exeter. But I think their schedule, to no fault of Leo's, no fault of anyone's, is might be something that hurts them now. They have played West. Um, but they have not played as hard of a schedule. Bo hasn't played the toughest schedule. I think they played a tougher schedule in Conval. They did play Hanover early. They did beat Pelham early. Yep. Their schedule was kind of the opposite of everybody else's I just spoke of and where their toughest right. games were at the beginning. Um, but as you spoke of, Hollis Brookline played a really tough schedule. Pelham yep. did as well. Lebanon and Hanover. So those teams, I think, at three, four, five, and 6 may be more battle-tested than the top two seeds. Yeah, and then and then – it's a matter of, you know, ha- I know these players have, have played maybe AAU where they've been in a lot of big games, but it gets, March is different, you know, and so some teams that have had the experience, like Carmel has had the experience, they've been in the Final Four, so that's going to be a credit to them. Bo is it's very talented, but they haven't been there with these kids yet, you know. Um, Pelham's been tested, you know, they've been there. Um, Hollis has been there, so it's just a matter of, can these teams rise up and, and make plays under the pressure? Um, when you're supposed, I mean, when you're at home, you're kind of you're, you're you're the home seat. You're supposed to you're supposed to advance, right? So right. how those kids handle it is always going to be critical. Yeah. Uh, what did you tell your kids last year when you went in and played Oyster River before that game? Because everybody kind of was like, "Oh, Oyster River." We were doing shows like this, and we were moving them along. And you were a bracketologist last year too, while you were just sitting there, probably in the back of your mind, going. Mm. I, I, I think I, we got a little chance to surprise people. You did. You went all the way to the championship. What do you tell your team when you're a lower seed and you're going into a first or a quarterfinal round game? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is just to keep them loose and, and playing, like, with confidence that we've got nothing to lose, you know, and it's like ride or die. Like, you got to be confident when you step into that shot. You're going you're gonna to make it, and, and you got to think that way. And um, 
playing with each other for each other like that's the mentality and knowing that the crowd is going to be in favor of the other team you know we actually were fortunate we always we travel very well um you know we had like our, our mascot there and we had a great crowd um and all of a sudden once you start believing and once you start making a few shots early and then you're hanging around now all of a sudden it's it's off the table the records are off the table and you just gotta you gotta believe you know and um you're hoping that can you get can you get the sophomore or can you get the junior that may have contributed a little bit during the season? Can he knock down a shot? Can he get a steal? Can he take a charge? Something like that to help us. Um, and you gotta, you got to have an A game. I mean, you, just, you, can't, you can't roll in with a B-plus. You've got to roll in with an A game and, um, and just hope, it's hope to believe in that you're there in the final minute. If you're there in the final minute, now all of a sudden the other team, they're tightening up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Oyster River did because they made some big shots. No, but they too. had to be in shock. But, I mean, they had to be like, wait, is yeah. this a game? You know? Right, exactly. I mean, um, they made multiple big plays. They didn't obviously want to go down. So, um, and, and they showed a lot of heart. It, so it's just a matter of those types of things. Can, can those 16- and 17-year-old kids process and make plays when they're getting screamed at probably by their coach? Like, why aren't we winning? Uh, or why is it so close? And their crowd's like on edge a little bit, you know. It's it's just kind of it's definitely mental. And um, best time of the year, best time of the year. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it really for me it kicked off in my head when I saw that crowd on uh, I think it was Instagram or or Twitter of the Belmont Winnesquam crowd the other night in Tilton, and it was just packed. It was all Lakes Region fans. They were going nuts, and that was my moment where I'm like, here we are. This is it, you know. And uh, uh, you know, th- this is the best time of year. This is we're, we're right now. <laughs> Isaac and I were just talking about how exhausted we are, uh, pumping out previews every day. McIsaac's, you know, on five hours of sleep. But this really is the adrenaline just carries you this time of year, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a coach, you, you your your season, you just, you just you try to prepare, you try to make sure that they're focused every night, and so you can get to this point, and then in hopes that the preparation. And everything's going to take over, and you know you're not practicing for two hours a night now. You know what I mean? You're you're going for maybe an hour, an hour and ten, hour and fifteen. You know what you need to do. You just need to make sure that you stay on stay on edge and and making sure you're getting shots and you know your defensive responsibilities. Um, but it is it's it's adrenaline and in hopes that you know every high school kid dreams of hitting a shot like Adrian hit for us last year. But can you also get a steal? Can you also just defend really like out of your mind because these kids. <laughs> You saw some of these teams. These teams can put up 70 or 80 points in a blank. So um, you got to win games in the 30s, 40s, or low 50s. I, I think this is kind of to wrap up. I think this division is really, really fun. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I personally see six teams that could win this thing, and 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 seven. One being a scary, scary lower seed, and that's Manchester West. But but again, that's why you play the games. I wouldn't pick size last year to go to the finals, and you absolutely did. And. Uh, it was a fun ride. So for us, I mean, this is where it gets really, really good. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, also wanted to congratulate you on it's being produced, the upcoming 30 for 30 documentary on the at the Coaches Summit. People don't really know, a little unknown story. That's why they do 30 for 30s, that I almost negotiated a Nate Camp for Buddy Trash trade between Colebrook and Kirasage years ago as head coaches. I think it fell through on the paperwork, but... When you were wearing the Kirasaz, uh, he was he had a Kirasaz shirt, I believe, and you had a, a Colebrook hat. I thought it was happening, bud, and I thought Buddy Trask was head. I thought you were going to Colebrook, buddy. Did you ever talk to your wife and your daughters about that, by the way, about moving to Colebrook? No, but I think I don't think Buddy was 
Buddy wasn't ready to make that jump. Yeah. I mean, the booming metropolis of, <laughs> of New London and North Sutton. I don't think he was ready for that. He wasn't ready for that. I don't think he would have known what to do with a six eight Allstate Center. I mean, really, I don't think he would have known what to how to make that work. So, I mean, yeah, that's credit to him. So, thank you, um, thank you again, Bud, for doing this every year. Obviously, uh, on the air and off the air, one of our great friends and. Uh, we appreciate it. I also want to thank, personally, get a little sentimental here. I want to thank you and McIsaac for not talking about wrestling once so far. So thank oh, you. Oh, Camper, uh, Mike Murphy uh, just told me he grabbed me a ticket to SummerSlam in Boston. Uh, that he texted me not 20 minutes ago. So that, I don't know if oh, you knew SummerSlam down with that. is at the TD Garden. So if you're there, let me know, all right? All right. We'll have to, let's, let's talk. Let's negotiate something. <laughs> um, I, have plans, and, I have plans that day. That You weren't invited. That's it. <laughs> Hey, on behalf of all the Division Two coaches, I just want to thank you guys for your support and uh, all that you do for the high school kids because it's stuff like all the behind-the-scenes stuff and all the extra hours that you guys are putting in. Uh, these high school kids, uh, they don't know how lucky they are with all your support. So thank yeah. you guys very much. Thank you, bud. They deserve it. Yeah, we love doing it. They deserve right. it. So, so good. Sorry, Camper. So one way or the other, you're headed to the Upper Valley. So good luck on Monday. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll need it. All <laughs> right. Thanks, Spencer Force too, buddy. Thank you. You bet. Grinders on the way.